sermon number 569, Responses to the Resurrection, preached on April 11, 1971, Easter Sunday, in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown. The text, Acts, the 17th chapter, the 32nd through the 34th verses. And when they heard of the resurrection, some mocked, but others said, We will hear you again about this. But some men joined him and believed. Hear now what might be called one of Paul's Easter sermons, as it is found in the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, beginning to read at the 22nd verse. So Paul, standing in the middle of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. But therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. And he made from one every nation of men to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their habitation, that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him. Yet he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold, or silver, or stone, a representation by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all men by raising this man from the dead. Now when the congregation heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from among men, but some men joined him and believed among them Dionysius the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. You see, Paul found out something from preaching this which could be called an Easter sermon. He found out what many of us preachers are finding out every year that not all people respond the same way to the message of the resurrection. 
Not all of us have the same reactions and respond in exactly the same way to the same story that was brought forth on that first Easter morn on a hillside outside of Jerusalem. Though Paul found out that when he preached on the resurrection and he presented the Easter message, some responded only with mockery. They made fun of it. They ridiculed it. They scorned it. Now that sounds kind of hard to believe, doesn't it? That on a beautiful day like this, when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and there's spring and happiness in the air and we're together in families, that anyone, anyone could even think of the possibility of making a mockery out of such a sacred and holy day. We don't like it, do we, when people outside the church make fun and make a mockery out of our particular religion. We don't like it, do we, when they say that this symbol, these two pieces of timber that form a cross, that is simply a stumbling block or a foolishness for their understanding of God. We don't like it when people try to tell us that our Easter story is beautiful but really nothing more than an idle tale. We don't like it when people make a mockery of our religion. Yet I, I wondered if we ever realize that sometimes within the church we make a mockery of the religion that we claim is the salvation of our lives. Oh, we don't mean to. I don't think any one of us intentionally pokes fun at our own religion or tries to make a mockery out of the message of the resurrection. Yet, nevertheless, is this not what we do when, when on an Easter morning we think of it as only being one of the days when we make our semi-annual trip to worship? to see if they're still talking about the same things. Do we not make a mockery of our religion and then the power of the resurrection when on Easter day we see this only as a day, as an opportunity to purchase and to show off new clothing? <coughs> Do we not make something less of Easter that God intended us to make when when we think of Easter as only a day when, when families can get together and we can have reunion with friends and loved ones. When our offices close on Good Friday and when our shops bar their doors for at least the sacred hours from 12 to 3, when, when school is dismissed, so that Christian people can have an opportunity to go and worship and contemplate and meditate upon the meaning of the crucifixion of the one whom we call our Lord and our Savior. And we in turn spend those moments raking leaves and playing golf and doing all sorts of other things. Are we not, in essence, making a mockery 
out of the sacred message of Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. We don't mean to, you see, but nevertheless the truth is there that some of us respond to the resurrection only with mockery. Maybe we don't realize it, but that's what we are doing. And why? The only reason I can find is the one that Jesus gave when several Sadducees, people who, by the way, did not believe in the resurrection and who mocked the fact of the resurrection, when they came to Jesus during Holy Week with a loaded and a tricky question, a question which would show that he were in error no matter how he answered the question, a question concerning leveret marriage. Leveret marriage, you see, was a custom of the ancient Jew that when a man died, if he had a brother, that brother was supposed to marry the widow. And they presented him this hypothetical case, suppose a woman had a husband and he died. And in succession, six other brothers married the woman and they all died. Lord, in the resurrection, whose wife would she be? <laughs> they thought they had him on that question. Jesus didn't even bother to answer such stupidity. But he gave us an answer to the people. You err because you know neither not the scriptures nor the power of God. This is why we make a mockery out of Easter. It's because we don't know our scripture, nor we realize the power of God. But God who is resurrected in Jesus Christ on Easter morn. So you see, it's altogether possible to come here and to worship, to say that we believe, but with our lives, respond to the message of the resurrection with mockery. Paul found out in Athens that day, what many of us find out on this Easter day, that it's altogether possible for some people to respond to the message of the resurrection only with academic interest. There were some people there in that congregation that liked hearing what Paul had to say. This interests us. We must hear you again about this matter. <laughs> Today in this church we have twice the congregation we had last Sunday. Probably next Sunday's congregation will be less than half of the number that are here today. And what happens in Bakerstown can be duplicated all over the United States, all over the world. Why? Because interests is found in Easter. When the spring is in the air and the flowers begin to bloom and we get to be thinking about the week of holiness, there's an excitement here, isn't there? And we find people who don't talk about church all year beginning to think about worship and about meditation, but it is strictly on the academic level. Folks, we're not saying anything new today. We have no new message. The message of Easter was born nearly 2,000 years ago, and the same thing that we are telling you today is the same thing that we told you last year. You sang the same hymns that you sang last year. 
You're hearing the same script. I'm sure many of you know it so well that you could recite accurately the names of all the participants who were present on that first Easter morn. Over and over and over you want to hear the story. Tell me the old, old story. Tell it to me again and again and again. There are many people you see in worship today who come merely because they want to memorialize something that happened a long time ago in a little town called Jerusalem. And they want to relive some ancient history of something that had an effect upon the world nearly 2,000 years ago. They don't seem to identify with the story of Easter. They do not seem to like, associate themselves as being a part of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They do not seem to think that this is a necessary part in their lives, a part that is necessary, as necessary as, as breath to the lungs and blood to the veins. Oh, and I'm not just giving it to those who, who show up at Christmas and Easter. This is not my intent, because you see, there are many of us here every Sunday who react in exactly the same story of the resurrection, only with academic interest. We feel that there's no personal involvement, no decision to be made. We're glad to hear the old story over and over again. In fact, we think that there is something wrong when on Easter we do not hear about the Marys and about the open tomb and about the angels. I wonder what would happen in your thinking if, if next September I, I would put in the order of worship as our first hymn, hymn number 204, Jesus Christ is Risen Today, and we would sing it as triumphantly as we did on this Easter day. Most of you would think I would have flipped my lid for putting that particular hymn in that worship service. You see, even those of us who are here on every Sunday do not seem to get the idea that resurrection is a part of every day. That Jesus Christ arose not only on Easter day, but he is to be resurrected in our own lives every day. We do not seem to see the effect that this is to have on our life and that the reason we worship on Sunday instead of on Saturday like our Jewish brothers is simply because the resurrection took place on Sunday. And this had such an impact on the world that we began to worship God not on the last day of the week but on the first day of the week. It's altogether possible, you see, to the message of the resurrection to respond with academic intelligence only and not to realize any personal involvement with the Easter story. That will happen again this year. But then thank God, just as in Athens, so today in Bakerstown, and wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached in his resurrected power and glory, there are some individuals who are going to respond with faith. People who are going to respond with belief. People who are going to respond with everything that they have within their spiritual lives because they cannot do any other. You see, Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead for us believers. 
He was not resurrected just to be made a joke of, nor just to have something for preachers to talk about on Sunday mornings. Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead so that believers could have some help with their belief. Some of us are here today because we have to be here today. Some of us are here demanding to find a faith because we know if we don't have that faith in abundance and in assurance, the faith that we have, we are afraid something's going to happen to it. Some of us are here responding with our faith because we know we just can't keep on going if we don't. And this is the way God wants us to respond to the Eastern story. This is why God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He came to believers, believers who needed help with their faith. Those people to whom Christ revealed himself on that first morn, never forget who they were. Jesus did not reveal himself unto Pontius Pilate, an individual to whom Jesus was only an intellectual argument and one who could dismiss him from his life as easily as he could wash his hands. Nor did Jesus Christ on the Easter morn appear unto Caiaphas, the chief priest, that individual who had mocked Jesus because God chose to call him King of the Jews. Now Jesus did not appear to that crowd that spat upon him and who crucified him on that day called Good Friday. Jesus did not appear under those great mobs who just a few days before had cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! No, no. Jesus appeared to believers Believers, women who loved him, disciples who had followed him, friends who had trusted him, but people, all of them, who were having difficulty with their faith, people who needed some help and some assurance for their beliefs. Yes, it was Mary and that other Mary that came to the garden on the Easter morn. And they came, yes, believing in Jesus Christ, but they came, remember, with sorrow in their heart and with tears in their eyes. The two men that had come from Emmaus, they came to see the one whom they thought had come to redeem Israel. They believed in Jesus, but they were on their way home and the road was filled with disappointment because instead of seeing the one who was to be the king of the Jews, they saw the crucifixion of the Jesus of Nazareth. The disciples, for three years they followed that man. They believed in him. But on that first Easter they were having great difficulty with their faith. But because they believed in him, they got together in a room, and even though that room was closed with a locked door for fear of the Jews, they were there. They believed in him, though they had great fear in their lives. And good old Thomas, he had doubts, real doubts. He had real trouble with his belief, but he still believed in Jesus. And a week following the Easter day, 
He too was in the upper room. Do you get the message? Jesus Christ comes to believers. Believers, though, who are having trouble with their faith. And I know, ladies and gentlemen, that some of us today are going to respond with more faith because, you see, we are believers, but some of us are having a little bit of trouble with our faith, aren't we? Like Doubting Thomas, I know some of you college students and some of the rest of you, you're really beginning to question the value of the church and the meaning of Jesus' life and the whole doctrine of the atonement of the cross. You believe in Jesus, but you have doubts, and you need some help for your doubts. I know some of you are behind closed doors that are locked with fear. Some of you are frightened of that report that you're going to receive from the doctor this week or next month. Some of you have real fear, fear concerning the work at the office. Some of you are dreading decisions that have to be made this week. You believe in Jesus, yes. But with your belief today, there is mixed fear. Some I know, I know, are individuals who feel that they are walking on a long, long, long road of disappointment. One disappointment after another. One discouragement after another. Oh yes, they want to believe in Jesus. They do. But they wonder where the road is going to end, if ever it will. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with some of you who Believe in Jesus, yes. But we believe with hearts that are heavy because of a loss that we have known this past year. It's a little tough for us to get through these hymns. We believe, yes. But with our belief, we need some help to erase the sorrow and to take away the tears. Well, folks, that's why Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. That's why God gave us Easter. So that people who believe in Jesus but who are having a little trouble with their belief can find new assurance with the message of Easter. Because when Jesus arose from the grave, he was trying to tell the disappointed, the brokenhearted, the discouraged, the doubters, he was trying to show with his life the same message that he had proclaimed with his voice during his life. That no matter how black the Good Fridays, there is always following it the resurrection morn of Easter. No matter how many battles the forces of evil may seem to win in this world, God always wins the total victory. That there is absolutely nothing in this life nor in the life to come that shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That those who have passed beyond where we can see, they are not just dirt turning to dirt and ashes returning to ashes, that they are in a Father's house with its many mansions and that there is a room there reserved for us and someday we shall be reunited with those who have passed beyond where we can see. The message of Easter, you see, is that assurance that can come to any man who will respond with faith. That death, the last enemy that we have on earth, 
There is no more sting in it. The grave has lost its victory. We have the Easter message so that we can respond with faith, those of us who are having a little trouble with our faith, that in Jesus Christ we have the resurrection and the life, and that whosoever believeth in him will never perish, never perish, but shall have life forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen.